Hi, and welcome to Relatable, a podcast dedicated to simplifying the complexities of modern everyday relationships. What if being great at relationships was easy for you? How would that change your life? How would that impact the people you love? I'm Fiona Lukies. Join me as I pull back the curtain on how easy it is for you to up your relationship game so you can enjoy effortless relationships with anyone in your life and become more relatable. Hello, everybody. It's Fiona Lukies here with another fantastic episode of Relatable. I'm very, very excited today. I know they say that every time, but I'm just thrilled to be able to have a wonderful guest on the show for you today. Carly Botham is someone that I have got to know over, I guess, a 12-month period now. She has been a student in my Relatable program, and I think she has a wonderful, wonderful story to share with you all that I think is very hopeful for many of you who I think will relate to what Carly has to share with us all today. So I'm thrilled that she has been generous enough to appear as a guest today and share her story with us. So a very big welcome to you, Carly. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me. I really feel honoured. I'm, I'm selected out of so many people that have done your program and uh, a group of us joke that we want to be your teacher's pet. So I think I won this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think you might have. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's wonderful to be here. And I couldn't really be any more grateful for finding you. I was at a very low place in my marriage last year. And you know how your phone picks up on what you're looking into. And I started to get all these notifications of how to save your marriage, how to deal with a man that doesn't talk, how to deal with someone who is emotionally shut down. Is it the end of the road for your marriage? And all these things came through. So my mind was super sped up at that time. And I felt I have to do something to save my marriage. At the time, we had actually separated. So I had moved out with my two young girls and I felt like it was either we were going to get divorced or I was going to find something that was going to break through this cycle that we continued to find ourselves in. I remember getting your ebook and that's where it all started for me. I bought the ebook and I was looking for emotional freedom because I was so distressed all the time. My head was spinning. It was going a mile a minute. I was having physical effects from it, from the anxiety around not knowing what to do, especially because I felt like I wanted to change him. And there were so many things that I felt he needed to work on. So why was I searching for an answer? Why isn't he searching for the answer? Why is he looking up? how to save our marriage. So what I was most looking for was emotional freedom for myself. And in doing your program, I found, I think more than emotional freedom, it was a sense of peace from within of understanding where our feelings come from, which was huge for me because I 100% felt that my husband was causing me to feel the way that I felt. And as soon as I understood where my feelings actually came from, it was like a light bulb, like a fluorescent light was shone over my head because it was so interesting to me how reverse it actually is that our thoughts are 
in fact creating our feelings. And really that was the massive changing point because I didn't realize how much power I was giving to my thoughts over everything. I I thought so many things that, you know, we weren't compatible and that he shuts down and he doesn't like to communicate and he's not as emotionally and physically available as I'd like him to. So I kept telling myself this over and over and over again. And we had seen so many different counselors and therapists. We actually got told by four therapists that they can no longer help us. Yeah, because they would give Lee suggestions like, okay, why don't you like take her out on a date, buy her flowers and say one nice thing about her. That's your challenge. We'll see you again in a week or two. So then of course we're driving two weeks later and I said, so he didn't do those things. What are you going to tell him? And he said, I'm going to tell him I was busy and I was tired. Perfect. Great. This is going well. So we got there and he said that, and he said, well, if you're not going to listen to my suggestions, then I don't really know how much more I can help you. So walking out, I felt completely defeated because I'm like, if a professional cannot help us, then what are my other options? I don't like, this is the supposed to be the step you take in a rough patch in your marriage is to go get counseling and seek out help. You know, there's a lot of things that in our counseling sessions, I came to understand about my husband and his upbringing and his childhood, but it didn't change anything in the now. So it was just a lot of bringing up past and childhood trauma and all this kind of stuff. And it was nice to understand that, but at the same time, not helpful in the now moving forward. So when I did your program, I all of a sudden realized all of the things that I was bringing into the marriage unknowingly and innocently. As you say, I wasn't trying to shut him down or trying to be self-righteous or trying to be better than him. But that all came to light that I absolutely was. I was not listening to him. I was shutting him down, making him lesser than myself And when I came to realize that we had this massive conversation and it was like, I started to hear things that he was talking about in that conversation that I'd never heard before. And it didn't happen overnight. Obviously we were separated. And so there was a couple of times where we got together and it was awkward. We would go around the same circle of, well, you're not loving me well, and I want more out of this. And I think that that just put so much pressure on him because he didn't know how to fix it either. Thankfully, he was in it for the long haul with me. But I remember saying to him that I understand you want to stay, but staying and doing nothing about it is just like living with a roommate and that's not marriage. So it took a while actually for me to land if that makes sense, land in the understanding that a lot of the choice is mine, how I want to show up. Even just going through your modules again recently is a refresher for me that fulfillment does not come from my husband. As much as I want him to do the nice things and say the nice things and treat me like a princess, (laughs) 
you know, like, I think that that's every little girl's dream. Like when you, when you get married, you want to feel that connection and you want to feel like you're that other person's person and that you're known and loved and appreciated and maybe in a perfect world that can happen. But I think a lot of us women feel underappreciated and undervalued and maybe not loved the way that we want to be loved. And so we just kind of give up and say, well, there's someone else out there that can love me like this. And a lot of the times there is, but then maybe that person isn't so good financially, or maybe that person goes out with their guy friends a lot, or, you know, can be a jerk at times or something like that. Like there's not that one perfect person. And I think by letting that kind of expectation that he should be able to meet all my needs all the time and be that kind of husband that we all would love if that kind of husband was out there, but really truly there's not one person out there because we all are all human. We all make mistakes and we all have things about us that isn't perfect. I think realizing that, that he's not perfect and he's allowed to not be perfect and to allow him that space to maybe not want to emotionally connect at times and being okay with that has made those times a lot less frequent because he knows I'm not going to sit there and be like, why aren't you connecting with me? Like, why aren't you talking? What's going on? Is something wrong? (laughs) Just all the things that I used to do thinking that I was going to get some sort of response out of him. It was just like, I was just adding to it a lot of the time. So yeah, letting the expectations go was huge for me. And I had a lot of girlfriends say, yeah, but you're doing all the work. Like you should be able to expect some things out of your husband. Yeah, sure. Fair enough. But what I also learned is that this is my life and my journey and my happiness can come from within. It doesn't depend on somebody else. It's not a requirement for someone to do X, Y, Z in order for me to feel fulfilled and safe and happy. And I'm not going to feel like that all the time either, which is a huge thing that I love learning too, is that there are going to be crappy days and there's going to be days where we don't agree on something, but to know that there's a space available to like get through the other side of that and not hold on to so much resentment and blame on the other person, that's emotional freedom to me. You have so much more ability to get through those difficult times because you can see through all that noise that if I keep going and if I keep pushing and keep trying to get somewhere in this storm, it's not going to work. I just have to let the storm pass and it will, it absolutely will. Sometimes in a day, sometimes in a week, but it will pass. And then on the other side, the strength that comes from going through those storms together. That's what I'm so, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud that I didn't throw in the towel and kind of get self-righteous again saying, I deserve better, I deserve more. I think there's massive amount of value in sticking with that person that you committed your life with and seeing how love can change over the years and evolve really. Because it's not going to look the same as when you were dating and 
I think a lot of us say, oh yeah, well, when we were dating, he used to do this and that, and now he doesn't do any of that. Well, then let's find a different way to love each other in this stage of our life, right? Like it's, it's possible. It is absolutely possible because for years I had so many people, even registered psychologists say, I don't think that Lee will ever be able to meet your needs. I feel my needs are being met right now. Who would have thought? (laughs) Not the therapist, not a lot of my friends, but I feel good. I feel, I feel content right now. And that's not because of anything he's doing. I think, well, yeah, maybe, maybe a bit because he's showing up and I'm showing up, but it's a, it's a team effort. Wow. That's incredible, Carly, really incredible story and hopeful for so many people. There's so much in what you've just shared in the fact of when we understanding where our experience comes from, understanding the role of feelings, expectations, all of those things that can keep us a prisoner in a certain reality that we just keep bumping up against again and again and again. When you can't see those things, when you don't have an understanding of that, we look outside for the answer, don't we? We think, oh yeah. oh, yeah, they're not meeting my needs. And then you look for the evidence and go, there it is, there it is, there it is, there it is. And we, we become even more entrenched in our thinking and our reality. And without realizing it, everything becomes about proving yourself right. We were just chatting actually before we pressed record because for those of you who follow me or know a little bit about me, I was about as self-righteous as you can get and very addicted to it. One of the beautiful things that this understanding has brought into my life, one of the many things, but something that I appreciate so much is I'm more interested in feeling good than being right. And when you truly understand what I've just said, because on the surface, that probably sounds like I'm compromising myself or being a doormat or lowering my standards, as some people would say, when you actually truly understand the power of a good feeling and what it brings to the quality of your life, it's a no brainer. When you're looking down the barrel of feeling good versus being right, you just bring goodwill. You come from a different energy in a different space and it brings out the best in the other person. And I feel like there was quite a lot of that in what you're saying. You and Lee are bringing out the best in each other now instead of cycling around your frailties, which, and everybody's got frailties, right? Me, everyone, that's, that's very human. Everyone's got frailties and you can either spend your time circling around each other's frailties and kind of bumping up against each other's frailties and insecurities and making each other wrong. Or you can have a different understanding of frailties, your own and someone else's, and be less frightened of them. And as you say, have those moments where you know you're moving through a storm, but you're going to come out the other side and feel completely different and be able to reconnect to where you were before the storm hit. And I think this is crucial because most people, when they go through a storm, reconnect, but with a bit of residue in the background. Okay. So they never quite reconnect to the place they were before the storm. There's residue. And then the residue builds. It's like plaque. It builds and builds and builds and builds. And that was definitely my experience. I had residue everywhere. So even though we would get over a fight, I'd still be, mm, and then I'd be going round and round in my head. And so it wouldn't take much for that to come back into the present moment to be in a space where there is no residue and and genuinely no residue is the most amazing feeling. And yes, in my mind, that's emotional freedom. It's an amazing feeling. It's not easy all the time because you can't fake that, right? So 
for me, I felt like this doesn't feel good to keep hanging on to all this. It really doesn't. And as we were chatting before, that's what I'm all about too, is feeling good now. Who doesn't want to feel good? But when we place that on someone else to feel good, whether they do or don't do something, then it's going to be hard to reach that feeling. So hanging on to the residue from past arguments or fights or something, all that really does is put yourself in a bad feeling. And for me, I was on what what I call in my mind, the hamster wheel. I was just going around and around and around and around. And then I'd step off for a second. Oh, this feels good. Here's a break. But then I would hop back on. I'm like, why do I get back on? And some of that is, yeah, the nature of thought. But a lot of the times I look at the hamster wheel and I'm like, nope, don't want to go there. I do not like that anymore. Let's look somewhere else to play around in, right? And it's wonderful, though, that you can see that so clearly, right? Because that gives you the freedom of choice. Now I can see it. Yeah. After doing yeah. your program, I didn't see that before. I thought that this is just my life and this is how he is. And so it will always be like that if this is how he is. It's not true. I know. Isn't it amazing when you see that? I know you've mentioned before about how sometimes you sit there and laugh at yourself. And I hadn't yet experienced that. It's like, how do you laugh at yourself when you're angry? Or when I think you start to let go of things and not take life and others and yourself so seriously, Mm -hmm. it does show up because I remember thinking to myself, then gets home, gets home late. And then he goes right downstairs to go work out. And I'm like, doesn't even pay attention to me. And why can't he like, spend some quality time with me instead of meeting his own needs first. And then I just stopped and I started laughing. I'm like, Oh, Carly, look at what you're doing here. Do you like it? Do you like that feeling? No, you don't go let him have his workout. You'll connect later. It's all good. And I did have a chuckle at myself and I loved it because it was a breakthrough from that cycle that I would continually get myself in. And I don't like being there. I really don't like being there. And to know that you actually have a choice is pretty darn cool to me, at least that you can go there and you you absolutely, you absolutely can. And some people do, and they feel like, no, I deserve this. And I want this and sure go for it. But does it feel good? Does it feel good to sit there? And where where are you going to get from there? Right. It is wonderful when you can laugh at yourself, when you have that humility to see yourself and go, oh, as I've said to many people, like I'd say this a lot on the group calls, we are very funny little humans and we can take ourselves very, very, very seriously and our experience very, very, very seriously. And that's when we struggle to get over ourselves. And so what you've just described there, and this is something we all need to learn, no matter what relationship you are in, whether it's a parenting relationship, a work colleague relationship, a romantic relationship, a friendship, we all have to learn how to get over ourselves. And I'm telling you, this is the thing that brings people unstuck. I'm going to put my hand up and be the first person to say, I could not do it. My husband was far better at getting over himself than I was at getting over myself. And I'm the one who's done all the study and and all of those sorts of things. So he had a lot more humility than than I ever did. I'm so grateful that I can laugh at myself and find myself hilarious. And, you know, it's much easier to move through your insecurities when you don't take yourself so seriously. It's very, very, very freeing. As I've said many times, 
I can have a very intense RBF. And for those of you who don't know what I mean by that, it's called resting bitch face. I used to be quite defensive of that, very defensive. And I would know when my RBF was a little bit out of control because my husband would sort of not make eye contact and kind of move to the other side of the room and start being a bit uncomfortable. And I, before this understanding, would go, what? And you go, nothing, nothing. You're just a bit intense feet. And I'm like, what do you mean I'm intense? And then I would have this whole, don't you know what my day's been like? And, you know, it's not easy. And I'd just go on this whole rant. And my husband would be like, yeah, okay, whatever, babe. Can you just chill out? You know, I love the fact now that that is a, a source of humour between us because I find it humorous. So I can see that in myself now. I can. My husband still reacts the same way, but I'm taking myself less lightly. So I can say to him, "My my RBF's a bit out of control, isn't it, babe?" You go, "Yep, just a bit, honey. It's it's a bit it's a bit intense." And I'm like, "Yeah, okay, sorry about that." And we can laugh about it. And it's this sense of connection and goodwill and a and a nice space to be instead of a source of self righteousness, shutdown, and all all the kind of stuff that. I would bring to the table. And so, as you've just said, it's that power of you realizing how much more you can bring the space you're in and the power you have to change things. And we do. People hear me say this and think I'm victim blaming or I'm letting someone else off the hook. And I really encourage you, if that's what you're hearing, to re listen to this differently because that's not what we're saying here. You've got to know your own power and understand the space you're coming from first before you can leap to a conclusion like that because there is so much influence we have over things that we have no awareness of. When you see that, people feel calmer and at peace and a lot more grounded and present in the now and they have a stronger sense of self. And I think we could all do with a bit of that in our lives. I am curious though, Carly, your situation is something a lot of people can relate to. You mentioned the fact that you would go in this cycle of wanting to talk and say things and your husband would would not want to talk and shut down. And, and I can't tell you how many people, whether it's the other way around, whether it's the hubby that wants to chat and the wife that shuts down. So it's, it's a very human kind of cycle because I know a lot of people would be like, but how do you stop that? How do you get past that? How does that work? Because I'm always wanting to talk and the other person's wanting to shut down and this is a nightmare for us. What would you say to someone who has a question around that? That's a really good question because there are moments that I still do kind of wish that we could talk more often, but also letting go of that expectation that we're just going to have these deep, meaningful conversations every night. And he's going to share his heart with me and we're just going to talk for hours. And that's unrealistic. And so when you can get over the idea that that's going to happen, then you take what you can get. If that makes sense. There's times where I will just start talking about something and he'll just kind of look at me. Oh no, is she going to keep talking here? I'm like, Oh, you're not in the mood to talk. Are you, are you tired? And he's like, "Ah, I just have had a really long day. I'm like, Oh, okay. No worries. And then I won't go there because then if I keep talking, be like, why don't you want to listen to me? And like, you should be there for me and all this kind of stuff. Then it's just like, then once again, it squashes the goodwill between us. And Hey, listen, your husband's not there to fulfill all of your needs. God gave us girlfriends and parents and other mentors that we can talk to. And sometimes it's nice to pour your heart out to someone else that, that 
wants to connect like that as well. I'm not saying don't ever expect that you're going to ever talk again, but it does matter the feeling that you're in and the energy that you bring and the timing as well, because there are times where he's very willing to open up and connect and it's beautiful when it does happen. And Oh, I so appreciate it. And being grateful for those times that we do have where he's open with me and wants to talk. That is also on me. I'm grateful for that. Or I can sit in this kind of resentful feeling of, well, if he doesn't want to talk to me, then obviously I'm with the wrong person. That's where I'm just saying a lot comes down to choice. A lot of the things that we do in our relationship comes down to choice. And so I would say to someone who's struggling with that, to be patient and to give space for that to be okay. Because as soon as you make it not okay and that something's wrong and that he needs fixing or your relationship needs fixing, it just adds this immense amount of pressure. And I don't think anything can really change from that energy. So when you give the space and the patience and just the grace for maybe marrying someone who doesn't love to talk as much as you do and being okay with that, then the relationship as a whole tends to feel better and you don't really maybe expect or need or want that as much. Yes. The wonderful thing about what you're saying as well, Carly, is when you're in that frame of mind where it's, I need you to be a certain way for me right now. I need this. You have to do this. You can feel very gripped by it and very compelled by it. And we project that out. What we're really saying to the other person is you're not enough. Okay. When you project that out enough, you're not enough. You're not enough. You need to change. There's something wrong with you. There's something missing. This is what we're projecting energetically. Even if you're not saying it, you are projecting that energetically. And you start projecting that in your marriage or in your relationship or whatever it is, whoever it is you're dealing with, you will bring out the worst in that person. So if that person has a tendency to shut down, that will just shut down even more because they're overwhelmed and defeated and they come from the space of, I can't get it right. And so they're going to go into self-protection mode, which is shut down. Now, if you're dealing with someone who gets angry and reactionary and aggressive and you bring that, they'll go to that place more because that's their self-protection place. And that certainly was me. My self-protection place was anger. When I got angry, I was distracted from how I was feeling. We're very good at distracting ourselves from ourselves, us humans. And so shut down, anger, all those sorts of things that we go to, passive aggressiveness, manipulation, guilt creating drama. Those are ways in which we distract ourselves from ourselves. When you do that, all you're doing is bringing out the worst in each other. When I got to a point where I realized, because my husband can shut down and get very quiet, not want to talk. And when I got to a point where I got better at reading the room, because I wasn't so much in my head going, why isn't he doing this? And this isn't fair. And I've done this and blah, 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 all of that stuff, where I got better at reading the room. And that's what you just said. You got better at reading the room. You could sense when he wasn't in the mood to talk where he's tired and he's not up for it. And so you're, you're able to step into his reality and see that instead of continuing to project our reality onto the other person, because from their perspective, they could be coming home thinking, oh boy, I'm exhausted and I'm tired and I don't have much to say from their reality. Well, that looks fair to them too, right? That I should just be able to relax and chill out and not have to say much in your reality. 
it looks like, why can't you talk to me more? So this is where you start to see that, and I talk about separate realities a lot, and I talk about the fact that each person's reality is valid. No one's is more right or correct than another's, but you can start to appreciate where people are at. And so when you do, you speak to that instead of only speaking to your own reality, which is what so many people do. And then we destroy goodwill. We go round and round and round without understanding where our experience is coming from. When you have an understanding of where your experience is coming from, which is everything that I teach, and it's very different to what we're taught, it's much easier for you to hold space. You are better able to read the room. You're more emotionally intelligent, even when the other person is in a space of low emotional intelligence. It's quite amazing how differently you can show up. You kind of lose that or less frightened of that feeling of they're not okay, they need to be okay for me to be okay. There's a lot more calmness and peace that you bring to the table. And as you so beautifully said, Carly, a lot more choice available to us. When you start bringing those things to the table, you get a far greater sense of what that relationship is actually capable of. Because I think for a lot of people, they don't know what their relationship is capable of because they've spent so much time caught up in their thinking, in their expectations, in their reality, thinking that their reality is absolutely 100% right and true. And I've got to say, this is not easy for people to hear. Nothing could be further from the truth. Our reality is very, very illusional. And I know that's not easy for people to hear, but it really, really is. And so when you start to see that, you get a lot more choice around what you see and how you show up to what you see. Would you say that that's been something that you've seen for yourself, Carly? I didn't even know other realities existed other than mine. (laughs) But honestly, I didn't think about it. And maybe that's really selfish of me, but I guess when you do realize that, wow, he could have a completely different thing going on in his head than I do in mine about a certain situation. And I I feel like a lot of the times relationships, they get so caught up in their separate realities that they don't actually realize they have so much disconnect in their relationship. And you could be thinking something, you know, packing up for a trip. I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm packing up the food and doing that. And he's sitting on the couch on his phone. What is he even doing? Like, he's so unhelpful and I just can't believe this. And then you blow, what are you doing sitting on the couch? Like, could you lend me a hand? And then he says, well, I was just trying to stay out of your way. It's mind blowing to me. Like, how could he think something so different? He's actually trying to be helpful in his reality and just let me do my thing. And then I just create this big, huge illusion that he's just this evil monster, not realizing what I'm going through. So it's like realizing the separate realities was massive for me because now I just kind of check in and being like, I'm a little overwhelmed right now. Would you be able to help me with uh, this, that, and the other? Nine times out of 10, oh yeah, sure, no problem. And it squashes that whole scenario that I created in my mind about something so insignificant. It doesn't allow things to escalate as fast. But just checking in like, hey, where are you at? This is where I'm at. In a neutral way has made so much of a difference too, because I don't take things so personally anymore because I understand, okay, where are you at around this? When I never even really would think to ask that because, 
whatever's going on in my head is true and right. And the only thing that I cared about. <laughs> I can so relate to that, Kelly. The only thing that I cared about. Oh boy. Yeah. That was <laughs> and you should care about it too. Cause I care about it so much. You obviously don't love me enough. If you don't care about <laughs> what I care about as much as I do, that is the big problem here. So blah, 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 blah. And of course your mind starts going at a million miles an hour. And when our minds are going very fast, we are in judgment and assessment of everything, whether you're saying the words or not, the other person can feel it, that there's something they're not doing right, that they can't get it right, that they're not enough in some way. And so, of course, if you think about that, if that's the energy that's being brought to the table and we bring that more often than we realize, of course, the other person is going to go into self-protection mode. Who wouldn't? And that self-protection mode can be shutdown or anger or any of those things. I love what you were also saying before, Carly, about your expectations and realizing when he was open to chatting and when he wasn't and being okay with where he's at because he has every right to not be in the mood to communicate or chat or talk. What you were really saying is, those moments where we do talk, I had a lot more appreciation for that, a lot more gratitude for that. So in those moments, instead of, well, it's about time, there's that moment of, oh, wow, I'm really, I'm really appreciating this. This feels really good. And you're bringing that energy and it just has the other person blossom. And so funnily enough, you're more likely to get more of that. It's fascinating when you see it. It's very simple when you see it, actually. And this is why I say relationships are actually very simple. We've been told they're complicated and they're hard. They're really not because we all work the same way. And when you see that, when you really see it, you realize the simplicity of the whole thing. It's still very profound, though, but there's a simplicity here. And so I know for myself, when I'm looking at things through a complicated lens, I'm way off base. When I look at things through the lens of simplicity, I know I've got thinking that I can trust and I know I'm showing up in a way that's helpful instead of adversarial because sometimes we can't see how we're showing up, right? I definitely did not see the energy that I was bringing to to the marriage and placed 100% of the blame on everything that he was doing so wrong that brought us to the place where we separated. And then some of my friends didn't understand that and said, yeah, but you're letting him off the hook and you're just letting him get away with not showing up for you and getting advice from other people that love you. It's dangerous sometimes too. So, you know, I've said to other friends, be cautious on who you open up to, because if they love you, they're obviously going to want what's best for you and not see you hurting and want you to feel better as quick as possible. So if you're telling them you're not feeling good because of this person, then their advice is going to be really quick to say, well, you deserve better than that. And you should move on and no one should ever treat you like that. And I would just say, just be cautious with where you're getting your advice from, because we all have our own journeys and no two people's journeys are going to be the same or alike. And There's so much change that can happen when you start looking from within and living out your relationships and your marriage. And even with your kids, I found a big difference with my kids too. So if you allow the growth in learning who you are as a person and how you want to show up, it does open up the possibility for your relationship to change and to blossom, like you said. And 
other people's advice sometimes isn't always helpful or necessary to insert into your relationship issues. It's easy to just talk, talk, talk about all of the things that are hurting us or going wrong. But if we just quiet our minds a little bit and slow down our thinking over it all, we won't find it as necessary to run to everybody and seek their advice on what we should do. Yeah, nice. Thank you. That's very well said and very, very, very important, Carly, because yeah, we can, without meaning to, your friends love you. That's right. By the time you go to your friends or girlfriend or whoever, you have collected a lot of evidence, a lot, okay? Mm -hmm. And the evidence will be overwhelming because it's all the evidence and you and then this happened and then this happened and I know when this happened and that, right, we've collected it all. We bring that to the conversation. Of course, the other person is going to say, that is outrageous. You need to leave. You need to do blah, blah, blah. And all that does is get you deeper and deeper in your own self-righteousness and stuck in your own reality and your own thinking. And that's not what you need. I know that might be hard to hear, but that's not what you need. You need someone who's going to gently sit with you and maybe challenge some of the thinking that you have instead of validating it. Because once you get your thinking validated, and I have so many people will come to me and say, yeah, I've been speaking to my mother-in-law and even they agree, or my sister-in-law or their sister or their brother, and even they agree that so-and-so has an issue. Now we're gathering people who agree, which just gets us more and more and more stuck and very positional and adversarial. And that actually builds more of an energy. So you come home even more pumped up, even more self-righteous. And even if you're not saying anything, it's in the way you breathe. It's in the way you shut a door. It's in the way you answer a question. It's in the way you look. It's in everything. And then, of course, your partner, if, if it doesn't feel good, because this is what happens, remember, when things don't feel good, we will go to where it does feel good. So, for example, if it feels good to go home and work out, I'm going to go home and work out because that feels better. If it feels good to come home and switch on the TV, I'm going to come home and switch on the TV. If it feels good to go out with my friends or mates, I'm going to do that. If it feels good to go and spend time with the kids, I'll go do that. You've got to understand as human beings, we're drawn to wherever it feels good. So if it doesn't feel good between the two of you and your partner is doing more and more of those things, you have to change the feeling between you first. That's where you start. You don't start with communication because communi people communicate well when they feel good. You don't start by solving your problems. Think about it. How does that feel good? No, it feels awful. But you do need an understanding of how things work. So you can actually start to rebuild some goodwill and then look at your problems from that lens. Do not look at your problems from the lens of not feeling good because everything is magnified and it looks more and more and more like it's the other person's fault. From there, it's very difficult to shift anything because it feels like you're married to the wrong person, which is exactly how I felt, or the other person needs a complete and utter personality overhaul. Imagine being married to someone who thinks that you need a complete and utter personality overhaul. I mean, that's not an easy thing to live with, right? No, it's not. And the thing that I'm so thankful for is that I've never really felt like that, but that isn't being projected onto me. He is so gracious with 
me. And after I did this program, I was like, how do you even want to be with me? <laughs> like, if someone treated me like that, I would never want to be with that person. He's like, I can see though, through that, that it's just a lot of the times it's just, you get caught up and that I'm very blessed and, and fortunate to have somebody that can see through that in me and look at me from a soul perspective, instead of just my frailties and being a human. I'm so thankful for that. And that's one thing that if he wasn't as a patient of a man, we wouldn't be together 16 years later. I don't believe it for a second. And I think that I might've not continued to search how to make this work. If I didn't do your program, I probably would have thrown in the towel if I went in with a different program that said, bring up all your past issues and talk about things. And it just wasn't working. It just wasn't working. And this I can do all on my own and kind of fall in love with myself. And that was really difficult for me to do. I didn't love myself. I allowed the lack of attention and affection and intimacy kind of jade my thinking a little bit about that I'm not enough or that I'm not wanted or not desired and what's wrong with me and I'm not pretty enough obviously but then when you learn that your happiness comes from within and to really get to know who you are on a soul level it's beautiful how you shift the way you look at yourself and it almost doesn't matter as much to me anymore. You know, I always thought, oh, I have to lose 20 pounds to be attractive to him again. And now it's like, okay, we're in a better place, 20 pounds heavier. And it had nothing to do with the weight and it has nothing to do with the clothes I wear or how I present myself. It has everything to do with me loving myself and feeling more confident in me because I can do that now. I've learned who I am and I am love. And therefore, if you realize your love, it's a lot easier to be loved. Oh, Kelly, that's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much. I love that. I love what you just said. It is so true. And you realize you are love. It is a lot easier to be loved. If you're listening to this, I hope that you have a greater sense of hope over what you can bring to the table because Carly's the only one who's done this program. Her husband has not done it. You're now living back together, aren't you? You've moved back into the home. It has all completely changed, hasn't it? Yes. So this is what I want you to know. One person has more power and more influence than you can ever possibly imagine. And it's very important for you to know that for a multitude of reasons. I mean, I could just do a podcast just on that, I think, because we are completely unaware of what we bring to the table and the impact that it has has on every single thing and every person around us. And when you are more aware of that, you have the gift of choice and you do have that beautiful sense of having a greater sense of yourself, of knowing who you are and loving yourself. I mean, that alone will change the quality of your relationships and obviously the quality of your life. When you go down that pathway and you see what's possible, because I know, Carly, you started to see what was possible very quickly. Oh, within the first module, I learned about thinking 
And I'd never, like I'd mentioned before, I'd never really thought to think about my thinking. Mm -hmm. It was just there and it was truth and real to me. And then when I saw how illusionary it is, I was like, whoa, this opens up so many different options for me. Because when I learned that thoughts aren't facts, it was like mind blowing. How did I not know that for 35 years? <laughs> I didn't know that thoughts weren't facts. <laughs> I know it's very, very freeing when you see it. So um, look, thank you so much for what you've shared today, Carly. I know that this is going to be hopeful for so, so, so many people out there. Even if the relationship you're struggling with is not an intimate one, everything that Carly has said, this can be something that you can bring to the table with any and every relationship in your life. This is why I say this understanding is one solution for every type of relationship. It really, really is. And it lies in you understanding you and it lies in you understanding the way we work as human beings. This is not about men and women. This is about human beings. Now, before we finish up, Carly, I'm just curious, is there anything that you would like to leave our listeners with today that you think might be helpful for them? Yeah, I would want to speak to someone who's listening that feels there's absolutely no hope left for their marriage and is feeling desperate and alone and just hurting. Uh, I was absolutely in that position and there is hope for a miracle and a turnaround and it has nothing to do with your spouse and it the possibility to have things turn around in your marriage can start with you and there is so much love inside of you that is ready to spill out but to connect with it is probably the most important thing and I didn't find that until I found the program and so I'm a huge advocate for it because it turn my whole entire life around. So I feel for you if you're in that position, because it's not a fun position to be in. I know what that's like, but then I also know where I am right now and it's so much more beautiful and it's possible. So just to hang on to that hope. Thank you so, so, so much, Carly. I really appreciate you being on the show today. If anyone has a question that they'd like to ask Carly, what I'll get you to do is to send me an email to hello at fionalukis.com.au and I will pass that question on to Carly. Okay. So, because I know for some of you, you'll really be thinking, oh my goodness, that's me. That's my life. How did she do it? So if you do have a question, feel free to send it through, but just know that you're not alone and there is an answer out there. Anyway, thank you so, so much, Carly. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on here with you today. It was wonderful. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Relatable, where we are committed to taking the stress and confusion out of relationships. If you're keen to find out more, the best place to start is to head on over to my website, fionalukies.com.au, where you can download my free Relationship Masterclass video series or join the waitlist for Relatable, my brand new online program where I personally take you through how to have a great relationship with anyone.